and welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Daryl Grove and I'm joined by a man who's been watching the Women's World Cup with me. His name is Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello. You don't sound so happy. I'm mad. Is this because of the Scotland Come game? on, Scotland. So you do not have Scottish heritage? I have a little bit. You have a little, a little bit? bit? Yeah. I'll bet I've got more than you. Uh, I mean, again, I go back to my grand- my grandfather on my mother's side being Wallace Randolph. Oh, maybe you, have, maybe you have more than me. <laughs> <laughs> so the main game we watched together in studio yeah. was England-Scotland. Yes. But over the last two days, we I took we my have... Rangers jersey off halfway through. You did. I kept my England jersey on. It's still here. To be fair, the air conditioning wasn't on at the time, so I feel like I was justified <laughs> in taking off my like 1990s polyester long-sleeve Rangers jersey. <laughs> we also, you can tell we stand in a better than when we did the USA-Venezuela review. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Because the Women's World Cup has been more fun than watching the US get dismantled by It was Venezuela. until you mentioned it and now yeah. it's that again. Well, let's forget about it again. All right. All right. So England-Scotland was a big game we watched, but we have six games to look back at over, mm-hmm. what, Saturday and yeah. Sunday. It's the last game to get to chronologically, which is, is how we're doing this. Okay. So let's start uh, Saturday morning, mm-hmm. our time. Germany-China. Yep. Germany struggled. I'm going yes. to say this. I mm-hmm. think China came out in a sort of, it looked like a sort of 4 4 compact, tight defensive block, and Germany said, how about we just send in endless crosses? Yeah. That'll work. This, this did and look, it didn't. This did look about how I thought it would look for maybe the first half an hour. And then I did expect Germany, given their dominance and their kind of depth that they have, yeah. uh, that I figured they would figure things out a little bit more because I did the China preview. I expected them to sit very deep mm-hmm. and then kind of counter through a couple players, but not necessarily look to send a bunch of numbers forward. Yeah. So it, it felt to me like... Wang Shanshan and yeah, Wang Shan is who you, you expected go. to count. Yeah, them, right? and so only one of which started. I know I was surprised by this, but uh, I think Shen Shen came on eventually. Yeah. Uh, but it still was just surprising to me because I expected Germany to kind of expect China to be very deep and yeah. have plans for breaking them down or pulling them out. And I thought we'd see Jennifer Marasan do mm-hmm. her sort of misdirect passing, open teams up kind of thing. Yeah. And she just bought in on the, let's keep crossing it. Alexandra Pop will just get on the end of one eventually. That seemed to be the plan. That was disconcerting. It was, if right? you're a Germany fan, I would say... As disconcerting, or maybe more so, is how susceptible they seemed to getting into little altercations with Chinese players. Yeah. Which, not to say that, like, you should just be, like, you know, proper and not get into, like, any sort of physical arguments or whatever, but more so that that's clearly a tactic, that China, the Chinese players are trying to be physical. They're trying yeah. to knock you off the ball. They They're trying to knock you off your thought. game. Exactly. Because yeah. once they can – if they can bump you off your rhythm, that's – uh, that's definitely ideal for them. But then also if they can take you out of the game by making you focus on the physicality and right, focus mentally, on the infractions, yeah. then you're not focused on finding a way through. I think that is what happened. Exactly. And Germany is somewhat, not lucky, because it was a good strike from Gwyn, right? who eventually, uh, it's a shot from the top of the box, I think, after a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice goal. But I could easily see another version of this game where it ends nil-nil mm-hmm. and the Germans are super frustrated at the end. Yes, yep. that is true. That said, when the women, uh, the U.S. women won in 2015, it started off slow for them. And it, and it was a sort of <laughs> – yeah. and this is kind of one of those things where against a very defensive team who have talent, who can easily be overlooked if you're not prepared for them, China? this easily could have been nil-nil. It could have been one-nil to China if Germany got <laughs> kind of – overly confident or sent numbers forward or played a little bit too open. So I did worry there were a couple of Chinese chances yeah. that weren't taken mm-hmm. that made me think maybe Germany's centre-backs are not the strongest part of their team. Uh, we, we shall see. Yeah. For, first game is early. But, but yeah, I'll take your point that essentially yeah. they came up against a bunkered opponent mm-hmm. and they got a 1-0 win and that's basically all you can ask for to start a World Cup. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, unless you wanted to ask for 2-0, in which case you well, could yeah, ask yeah. for that too. It's, it's the minimum that you can ask for and they met that minimum and they're off to a decent start. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now, now how did you feel about uh, who was your... Mag- Mag- Magal? 
I was going to say her Magooly, but it's not. It's Magool. Lena Magool. Magool. Lena Magool. She didn't start. She did not. I think De Brits maybe started mm-hmm. over her. Uh, Magool came on for, I think it's called, she's called Leobles, who was like the uh, number six, like deepest holding mm-hmm. midfielder. Um, I don't think Magool changed the game, but I don't think it's a coincidence that after she came on, Gwyn There we scored. go. There yeah. we go. I am team Magool. I think she should be starting for yeah. Germany. She has energy. She goes box to box. She's feisty. I think she's kind of a lot of the things that Germany were lacking in the first hour or so. And you, you had an exchange with Kate Margraf about this, right? Well, basically just that I tweeted it. And mm-hmm. Kate, Margraf, Kate Margraf, who I really respect her sort of tactical analysis yep. um, at this World Cup and, and in soccer in general, mm-hmm. um, basically agreed. She said, you beat me to it by 20 seconds. <laughs> but then her tweet was much more layered and had a lot more detail about what Magool would bring to the game. I mean, yeah. I wasn't going to say it, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you were. Well done, Kate. Sort of well done, Daryl. And sort of well done, Germany. Yeah. 1-0. All right. Spain, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Spain got the 3-1 win. Which I, I was I was a little nervous, I'm not going to lie. Because I had predicted, I did the South Africa preview. Yeah. Uh, and I was excited about aspects of them. I was excited about Kagatlana. She was one of the players I highlighted. But I had said before this game in our, in our like, France-Korea review and then looking at a couple games to come, I said, this feels like one of those games that's going to finish 3-0 to Spain and we're going to come out of it and people are going to be saying, like, ooh, Spain might really be a contender. And South Africa went ahead 1-0 and I was like, I'm going to hear about this at the end of the day. <laughs> But it finished three one. So Spain get the win to open mm-hmm. Group B, and mostly through penalties. Yes, right. Two pe- so there's a late goal mm-hmm. um, that that South Africa can see from open play, but the equaliser and the go ahead goal. Sa- you sound so sad. You sound so sad, my friend. Well, I just feel like both penalties were sort of unfortunate but yeah. accurate. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair it's description the, of both penalties? It's the worst, but yes, it is. <laughs> So the Van Vrick, mm-hmm. I think we're pronouncing it Van Wick like mm-hmm. Seinfeld, but I think it's pronounced Van Vrick. Yeah. Um, the handball, I've forgotten who the Spanish player that's crossing it in. Uh, Van Vrick turns her back, mm-hmm. lifts her arm up. A bit DeAndre Yedlinish, like mm-hmm. we criticized him in the Copa America for it. You just can't do it. No. You can't turn and raise your arm because it's the whole like you're outside the silhouette. It's in a natural position, et cetera, et cetera. You've got to kind of stand up and not have your arms out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is definitely not rules of the game at all. First of all, like it, it, it hit her elbow. Yeah. That's going to be a penalty on VAR. I mean, that's like we had some people asking about that. That seemed like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the way it's going to be called. Wasn't this called straight away, though? Yes. Yeah. Because that checked on VAR. Because the other reason why I, I do think that, to your point about Yedlin, is like once you once you turn your back, once you turn your kind of face and lift that arm, you can't argue like, oh, I'm in a natural position and I'm trying to defend the ball. Yeah. If anything, you look like you're kind of flailing about. And so even if she wasn't, even if it seemed harsh – that's yeah. always going to be given as a penalty. And I'll bet the, um, the distance from which it hit her yep. was pretty close, but not quite close enough to say um, that she's not at fault. Yeah. Right? Because they do take distance into account. If it's like a millimeter from you, you mm-hmm. get away with it. There was, it was just enough separation before it hits, hits her arm, right? Her I, they, they definitely take distance. Yes. They definitely take distance into account. I do also wonder if they take like velocity into account because it's worth noting here that this was more of a like chipped ball across the box yeah. and it was like a driven shot and again I think if it's a driven shot and you maybe have less the arm, reaction time yeah I yeah. think so then there that probably gets factored into it oh okay and Jennifer Amoso steps yeah. up scores the penalty looks very happy mm-hmm. obviously because this was this would have been a terrible result for Spain right because yes. they they obviously wanted to open with a win yes um and then mm-hmm. there's the other penalty then there's the other penalty it's Villacazi mm-hmm. it's a foul on Garcia um, she essentially, Villacazi clears the ball and then, in my opinion, follows through and gets her cleats into Garcia's thigh. Mm-hmm. And that's reckless. That's a yellow card. That's why she's sent off, right? Yep. It's a second yellow. And unfortunately, it's a foul. Yes. Even though she was clearing the ball. I feel, again, I feel really bad about this, but I also feel it's accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel bad as in South Africa are hard done by, mm-hmm. but also 
Rules are the rules. Yes. And rules are the laws. I think this is one where I also think some of the analysis of this one didn't help because the way I saw this one being debated uh, by the Fox like studio crew was – was there intent there? Like, does she leave the studs in? Is she trying to put studs into the player? Uh-huh. Or is she just trying to clear the ball? And I don't think it's really either one of those. I think yeah. the reality is she's trying to clear the ball, but in so doing, her studs make contact with, with an opposition player. Yep. They didn't necessarily need to. That's dangerous. That's reckless. It's, it's going to be a card. It yeah, if it was dangerous, it would be straight. Excuse right, me. Right. Yeah, it's reckless. Yeah. yeah, and by the rules of the game, that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, not necessarily the rules. Not saying reckless is in there, but you get my point. Uh, so I, I think, yeah, she she goes into it, and this is not really dissimilar from what we've seen in the past of a player trying to clear the ball and not seeing the attacker running through, and instead of clearing, hitting the attacker. Even if she didn't mean to do that, even if she didn't mean to make the contact, she still does. So it's still yeah. going to be a foul, and it's in the box, so it's going to be a penalty. Jennifer steps up again. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Omoso, Jenny, as they call her, two-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you call her, right? She was one of your pro players that you spotlighted. I believe. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, she's Spain's main striker, right? Yes. Um, Luis Garcia, Lucia Garcia, excuse mm-hmm. me, um, does get that third goal. Mm-hmm. This is some not good South African defending. It's I know not. it's it's hard with ten players, right? But yeah, um, I mean, and I and I think when you've held on for as long as they did, and you're you've kind of carried it the second half, and then even even up until what the eighty third minute, early eighties, I think is when the, was is when Spain take the lead. Eighty third minute, there is we the go. Penalty, yeah. yeah, and so I think even up like you've held on, you've held on, you've held on, even we're, we're a player down, and then you go like a goal down. I think at that point. You're forgiven a little bit for maybe switching off, maybe just yep. feeling like, oh, well, that was the worst our part is, I actually don't know which player it was because mm-hmm. I'm not sure of the configuration of the back line at this point because yeah. they've lost their left back, right? Because Velikazi yeah. was a left back. But somebody is like 15 yards deeper mm-hmm. than the rest of the defensive line. Yep. This is what allows uh, Lucia Garcia to run. Yes. Through. 3-1 to Spain in Group B. And it's worth noting here, because I did see, I do think South Africa, like because of their, their minnow, relative minnow status, like yeah. people were rooting for them, wanted to see them get their first win. And it's, I, I saw people tweeting like, oh, it's such a shame South Africa didn't get their first win. Always wanted to see a team get their first win. It's like, this was Spain's first win at a World <laughs> Cup. Like, <laughs> give credit where credit's due, but they fight back and get the win. And to give you a quick update on the, span- yeah. on the standings, Spain are top of Group B because they, they scored, uh, they got a plus yep. two goal difference. Germany only have the plus one. So it's Spain, Germany, China, South Africa right now. Mm-hmm. All right, back to Group A. So group a. France beat Korea handily uh, Friday. We yep. did a whole separate review of that. You can find it in our feed. The second game in Group A uh, was the final game on mm-hmm. Saturday. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm kind of freewheeling it here. Um, you got Norway, it. Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Here's what, so I only saw highlights of this. Here's what I saw. I saw your preview come true. All right. Your preview was... Norway will press like a swarm of locusts and make it impossible for any team to play out. They'll win the ball off you and they'll score. All right. That's, that's, that's basically what happened for this game. Because do you want to know what I saw for briefly? That? Nothing. Because... Oh, Fox Sports 2. Yes. I, I, I got some beef. I got some beef with our Fox friends. Okay. Can I do this now? Can I, I mean, do... Yeah. All right. I, I appreciate that they've made it possible to, to get as mu- many of the games as we can on television. I yep. appreciate that we can stream. I don't appreciate that there's things like when we try to watch games now and we get the this event has ended, you cannot watch. So yeah, under replays, yep. mm-hmm. we know the event has concluded. Yes. That's why we're on the replay section. Mm-hmm. Make it available. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then I think my digital package allows me to. I'm not sure why, but for some reason they would not let me access Fox Sports 2 uh, on, hmm. the, on my Apple TV. So instead, uh, it tried to make me watch 
Dutch indie racing, I believe it was. Might have been oh, NASCAR. It's yeah. not even half as good. It's really not. And also, it was. It's faster, but it's not as good. It was telling because I was watching. <laughs> we were watching from home yesterday, uh, and I was watching like uh, in the bedroom where the TV is. Uh, my wife was studying at her desk, and yeah. she went from like really enjoying the kind of background ambient noise of soccer to like, what is happening? Because oh, suddenly it was loud, r- loud racing, and that was yeah. not what she was going for. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> well, here's what I can tell you about Norway, mm-hmm. Nigeria. Oh, I mean, I did eventually see it. I yeah. just it was the, it was the first 15 minutes of frustratingly trying to figure out how to see it. So the very first goal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Reiter gets the credit for the goal. Yep. It's kind of almost an own goal um, yep. after the defender. Uh, but it's really all about Caroline Graham Hansen, okay. um, who you did feature in the preview. Yes. You did say, watch out for her dribbling. Yeah. But I think you followed it up with she also misses some penalties. And people, I saw, people only heard the penalties yeah. part. I saw her miss two penalties in, in the clips that I saw. And yeah. to me, that was enough. That she And, yeah, and yeah. the other thing I noticed is that she keeps taking them even when she misses them. So, <laughs> so confident. She'll score some, but she'll miss some too. So, but also is very good. Th- so yeah, this goal is really worth watching mm-hmm. because Caroline Graham Hansen, the number 10 for Norway, dribbles at um, a Kobe, who is more of an attacking midfielder mm-hmm. from Nigeria, straight from a corner kick, yeah. which is normally you don't get very far. Mm-mm. I don't... I actually... Don't have much analysis of this, except she just faints one way, goes the other, and a Kobe buys it. And then Caroline Grand Hansen is suddenly at the end line and able to play that cutback. Um, my assumption here is that Akobe is standing inside the box. Caroline Grand Hansen is not. And I think Akobe is maybe very aware that an aggressive challenge could be a penalty. And I think mm. she doesn't want to commit, but she doesn't want to get beat, but she doesn't want to allow for a cross. And while she's trying to factor all those things in, she gets beat. Yep. And that's 1-0 Norway pretty early on. Yes. The second goal is, I think, more illustrative of your um, Norway swarm like yeah. locusts mm-hmm. kind of point. Because they, they essentially... Pressure Nigeria, Nigeria clear it, and as they clear it, Norway come through and win the ball again. Yeah, I mean, I w- yeah, I would say even the the initial pressure makes the clearance somewhat haphazard. Yeah, so it's true. not yeah, even it's not a like clearance. sixty yard clearance or fifty yard clearance. It's maybe twenty, maybe thirty yeah. yards, and then again, Norway are on it very fast. And it's picked off by Reiter mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Gives it straight to Utland, who smashes it. I think she aims like center top. I, she aims, I think she, she aims for keeper face is what she aims for. <laughs> she hits that ball so hard. <laughs> like I, I, There's no aim to it. She's like, I'm just going to hit this as hard as I can on the volley. Yeah. But it does have like, because she hits it so hard and so well, it does have like the knuckle and the swerve and the dip that makes it really difficult to stop. Yeah. It's also a smashed volley from about 12 yards out, which makes it doubly hard to save. And soon after, so mm. all inside the first but half. But I, I enjoy the just hands up. The celebration. Don't move celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly meant quite a little bit to score that goal. <laughs> yeah. So less happy was the next goal scorer. Yeah. It was an own goal from mm-hmm. O'Hale. Yeah. I'm going to call it. O'Hale, O'Hale maybe. Yeah. O'Hale. Um, I actually can't remember what happens in the build-up to this, but I'm going to assume there's a Norway press involved. Yeah, it's the same thing. It, it's basically just Norway trying to put, uh, like, trying to get bodies in there, trying to swarm, trying to cause problems for, for Nigeria, and then I think it's a cross in. And it just gets turned into the goal. And it's unfortunate for Nigeria, but it's more representative of kind of the game as a whole. Yeah, there mm-hmm. we go. So that's definitely a thing to look out for is Norway will continue that press. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be interesting when it comes up against France in Group A. Right? I, I will say that uh, I spotlighted uh, Herlofsen, the forward for Norway. Yes. She's the one who puts the I, like shot cross what have you, in okay. that gets turned into the goal. So she's, I'm looking for, say, she's looking for Utland, right? Yeah, 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 and I think so, therefore, her loss gets the credit, and my prediction is <laughs> so far so good. We're not playing the prediction game. Actually, I didn't make a prediction. I just said watch her. So in that regard, <laughs> I stand by watch, that statement. Watch her on Continue TV. to watch her loss. So Group A standings are France atop, yes. three points and a plus four goal differential. Goal difference, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norway a second. What's the difference? Three there? points and plus three. I know that's I think ironic. One's British and one's American. Okay, I think is goal differential British? American. I almost. Oh, it is. Okay, yeah. I almost. Wrote I grew that. up saying goal difference, and over here people say goal differential, and I sometimes slip into it. Okay, 
I I've, I think I almost wrote that twice yesterday, and then I was like, wait, is it different? Okay, I don't even know what to do anymore. <laughs> so I just gave up. So then you've got Nigeria in third and mm-hmm. South Korea in fourth, obviously, because they let in four goals. Yes. Oh. Three more games to talk about. Yep. But first, mm-hmm. today's show is sponsored by fbref.com footballreference.com um, it's a, a, a new site from sports reference people who've mm-hmm. done all kinds of other sports with all kinds of stats now they've got football at fbref.com and specifically they have the Women's World Cup they have all kinds of Women's World Cup stats they they do indeed they have for example the leaderboards for goals assists goals and assists as well as yellow cards Daryl can you guess who is top of the table right now uh, in terms Ooh. of goal scored who's leading the golden boot race um, so Wendy Renault has two uh-huh. Bonacia has two. Uh-huh. Jennifer Amoso has two. Uh-huh. There is still one leader. There's someone with more? I'll give you a hint. We have not yet talked about her, but we're about to. I don't know. Oh, Cristiano. There you go. There you go. I'm so dumb. Uh-huh. How did I, I forget the hat trick? Hey, you know, these things happen. Brazil's Cristiano has a hat trick. She does yes. indeed. Yes, but I'm more impressed that you were able to just knock out everybody who has a brace uh, so far. Well done, my friend. Yeah, Bonacia has an offside goal as well, so maybe she deserves yeah. an, at least an asterisk. I think she does. She, she, she's <laughs> like, she's 1B. Yes, yeah. exactly. Have you got the assist leaders, or should we do I that do. the other day? Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like it's only one player right now who's top of the, top of the charts. And who's that? I mean... If Christiane is uh, is the golden uh, boot winner right now, oh number seven, and oh, I've forgotten her name, uh, Andrea, Andrea Alves, Andrea Alves, credit unless you Andresa get the full Alves. name. There it is, he got it in the end. Number seven, Andrea Alves has two assists. Did you look at something? I feel like you looked at something. I looked inside my mind. I, I like the slow evolution of Andrea to Andresa yeah. to Andresa Alves. Well done, least, my friend. Yeah, it was better than the Bearhalter system, right? It mm. progressed and got better each time. I'm not even going to ding you for not saying De Silva. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I subscribe to the Stathead newsletter mm-hmm. via fbref.com, which if you go to the website, you can click and subscribe to the newsletter. I have in front of me average age of teams ranked. Can you guess the – I know that you know the oldest team, right? Yeah. The oldest team in the tournament by average age is the United States. Mm-hmm. Average age of 28.6. But we that, looked into that this. Is, that is more surprising than I thought it would be. Not that they're the oldest, but that it's 28.6. Why? Because I would have you thought, thought – 28.5. Was, I, I would have thought closer, like 26 or 27 would have yeah. been the average out. But I guess you do have a number of players who are at like 33 to 35. I think yeah. Carly Lloyd, 36. So yeah. I guess that makes Krieg more sense. Krieg is 34. Yeah. And there's no like youth, 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 right? Even no. Mallory Pugh is now in her 20s, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so. I think Tierra Davidson. 20, 21, and then I think Mallory Pugh, 21 as well. So is this a thing to worry about, or does this just mean that we've basically got a bunch of experienced players and that's who's on the roster? I'm not worried about it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Second oldest team? Next World Cup, maybe. Second oldest team with an average age of 28.4 is Brasil. Mm. I think it's mostly Formiga in her 41 years. (laughs) And probably Marta as well. There's a lot of players who've been around for a while. Mm -hmm. Can you guess the youngest team in the tournament? Jamaica? It's Jamaica. Average Ooh. age, 23.1. Uh-huh. And I would argue... Start a teenager and goal, that'll happen. We're going to talk Brazil-Jamaica later on. You could kind of see the age difference. So the second oldest team in the tournament versus the youngest, you could see the experience versus the inexperience. Mm-hmm. Right? But you can see all of that, all of those stats, all of those numbers we just talked about at fbref.com. fbref.com. Thank you very much to them for sponsoring today's episode. Who is that? fbref.com. That's correct. That's where people should go. Football reference. If you com. want to uh, spend it, spread it all out. <laughs> there you go. Okay, mm-hmm. let's move on next to a game that I discovered this morning. I have an internal Women's World Cup alarm clock. Do you really? I didn't set an alarm. I woke up at three minutes to seven a.m. Eastern mm. time, made a quick cup of tea, and I was in my seat to watch Australia-Italy. And I'm glad I did because this was a really good game. So you went just tea? 
No yeah. breakfast, just tea. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, it was too early to eat. Okay. Also, right. honestly, post chemotherapy, uh, little queasy, got to ease into the day. All right. Yeah. And, are we, and we're going black tea here? No, no, a bit of, bit of milk. Okay. Yeah, cool. a bit of whole all milk right. in there and some stevia. But black tea with milk, though. I'd like to talk about the game mostly. <laughs> Australia, Italy. This is the first upset of the tournament. I was wondering how long I could keep it going. <laughs> Quite longer than expected, I think. I hope people are still listening. Australia, what Italy. stevia? This is the first upset of the tournament. Kroger's uh-huh. own brand. Um, <laughs> A late winner yeah. from Bonsia makes it 2-1 to Italy, 95th minute. Australia, one of the sort of maybe, not, not favourites, but like we expect They're them to there. go far. Yeah, exactly. We expect them to beat Italy. Mm-hmm. They did not. They did not. Yeah. And, I, and I'm with you. That That is a massive result, not just for Italy, I believe, also getting their first result at a Women's World Cup, mm-hmm. um, but because... Australia seemed like they were in a strong position heading into this one. They obviously have the depth of talent, and then yep. they obviously have Sam Kerr, yep. who does get her name on the score sheet. But certainly, that's the weirdest thing, right? You would think if Sam yeah. Kerr scores and it's one nil, that like that's Australia are off and running, and everything's going to be fine for Australia. Especially if you made it even even more misleading and you said uh, Sam Sam, Scar- Sam Kerr scored from open play, and Australia <laughs> also got a penalty that was taken by Sam Kerr. You'd be a little bit more confused, I think. So let's talk about this first goal then. Um, it does. It's one mm-hmm. nil to Australia in the first half because Carpenter, yeah. one of our favorite players, I think, mm-hmm. uh, raiding right back is what I call her. Ellie yep. Carpenter gets down the right, whips across in. Sam Kerr is, um, I think, kind of making a run to the near post yeah. to, to go and meet it. And Gama, the mm. Italy captain, gives away a penalty kick. And I think, again, this is... Actually, this is an even more obvious penalty kick than the South Africa ones. It is. Because she's just grabbing Sam Kerr's jersey. It is, yes, exactly. And it's a credit to referee Borjas, I think is her last name, that she's she's in position, if you watch it, for, as soon as the cross is delivered, she is maybe 10 yards away and is just staring at this. Because I think it's very obvious it's going to Sam Kerr. I think you're absolutely right that she's basically made a run to the near post, but sort of is trying to make a run to the near post, I should say, because she's fainted like she's going back post. And that's where I think Gamma oh, kind of steps across. She gave Gamma the slip of like far post, near post. Exactly. It's a classic run, right? And so Sam think, Kerr, I assume, is really good at this stuff. I would assume so. So I think that then Gamma's trying to make up that play, just get a little bit of the jersey, but she grabs both sides of the jersey simultaneously and definitely is that pulls the mistake? Back. Do you think yes. maybe you can pull one side and it's like obscured from the referee's view and you get away with it? And especially, I see a lot of players yeah. grab one side but then let go. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's never like it's never like I got a full grip. Yes, I do think yeah. that. I also think that maybe that's something that the officials in this World Cup have been told to keep an eye on more so Jersey than maybe grabbing? we knew. Yeah, because I think it's in Australia. Yeah, the the late uh, winner for Italy off the free kick, which we'll get to later, like that comes about from an infraction. Oh, it's arm grabbing. It's arm grabbing, it? but it didn't seem that severe. It's not like the player falls over or anything like that. So I think maybe they're just policing the pulling of jerseys a bit more. I saw that in the uh, Germany-China game as well, that there was a few instances where the Chinese players seemed very frustrated by the, by the call being given but it's given just because there was a little bit of a tug and yeah, I, yeah. I think if they think that in like infringes on the ability to run at all then that foul is getting called okay yeah that's fair um sam kerr steps yes. up yes the penalty is saved mm-hmm. sam kerr scores the rebound she does she yes does mm. and then she punches the corner flag and then she does that too and then <laughs> celebrates with her team it's it's a lot she of does. sam kerr moments here it is and it really felt like here we go australia away they're gonna probably like win this two three nil and then, yep. um, I've forgotten the centre-back's name. Is it Pilkinghorn? Uh, Pol- Polkinghorn, yeah. Polkinghorn, excuse me. Pilkington is our friend. I've been calling her Pokinghome because <laughs> yeah. the R and the N in tiny font pressed together looks like an M, <laughs> but it's Polkinghorn. Polkinghorn. So mm-hmm. Australia essentially are passing the ball around the back. Italy are in their like, weird 4-4-2-ish shape, putting like, light pressure on. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they're quite high up the field, but they're not really pressuring the ball. And I think Polkinghorn is kind of a little bit casual. She's yep. the right centre-back. As she receives it, she takes one of those touches that you see centre-backs take where they push the ball ahead of themselves to advance play up the field. Mm-hmm. 
And I think you spotted this. It's not that it's a bad touch. It's that she doesn't know that Bonacia is there. She does it without really looking. Is that the ball yeah. comes across. She takes that first touch and you can see her then like open up to go get the ball and then realizes, oh no, because there's an Italian player right there. She tries to close. She the is most not dangerous player on the Italian team is there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she loses that 50-50. Uh, Bonacia then is on the ball. But I think then you've got basically all of the Australia defense scrambling at that point because yeah. it's a turnover not very far from goal. So Kennedy, the left center back, yep. comes flying over to try to make a play. And this is where... It, it's great awareness from Bonansea. It's a spot, the heavy touch. It's great awareness and like ability and technical ability and physicality to maintain the ball as she gets past Polkinghorn. Then it's incredible awareness because you would think, oh, here I am, like facing goal. I'm just going to shoot this as fast as I can before the defender gets there. And instead, just a little cut. Yeah. And away goes Kennedy, <laughs> completely out of frame. She and then it's a good done finish. better, or was she just forced to scramble so there's no way that she could have? She, the only way to get there fast enough to close it down was to get there so fast that you risk being cut on. I would say the second one. Yeah. Because it's also worth noting that uh, I forget who, maybe it's Motto, is also there for Italy, is far forward. So I think even if she doesn't like sprint across, if she does slow Bonancea down, it. then it's going to be a square ball yeah. and then an easy finish as well. Oh, and it's exactly what Bonancea wants as well. Because like, in the preview, I looked a lot of her and she's a lot of... Start on the left, mm-hmm. cut in on my right foot. Yep. So this is a this is like the dream dream scenario for Valencia. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it absolutely is. Uh, but I think it's also a little bit of like my concern and our concern about Australia heading into this tournament was on display because Bonantea thinks she puts Italy up very early in the game like 8th or ninth minute I think yeah she's marginally offside she's marginally offside but it's a good reminder that Australia are going to go for it they're going to be aggressive trying to get goals that means they're going to leave themselves exposed maybe they're going to be a little bit yep. uh, like switch off in defense and maybe mm-hmm. take a heavy touch but also they're going to play a very high line and I think it was also notable that it's 1-1, yep. coming towards the end. Australia definitely look unhappy with a draw. Yes. They are pushing numbers forward. Mm-hmm. They are sort of desperate to get the ball back. And I think it's that kind of scrambling that eventually leads to um, Australia uh, Conceding that, like, yes, goal. I would agree you know with that. Uh, yeah, because it's yeah they've committed numbers forward, then they kind of get countered on. So then it's a three view. Take a yellow, don't they as well? Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah in, in the build up. Yeah, that's right. There's a body. I forget who it is, but um, but then it's it gets played down to the channel, and then it's a three Australians on one uh, Italian, and that's yes. where the free kick comes about. But the very telling thing there is that it's three Australians fighting as hard as they can to win the ball back, mm-hmm. which is sort of like when it's one to one. And maybe you don't want to concede a foul there. It shows you that they're trying to win that ball to go back down and get yes. the win. And it's um, I just looked it up. It's Giacinti, who mm. uh, the substitute right back who comes on. So kind of nice idea yeah. uh, from the Italy coach to get fresh legs on, I think. So mm-hmm. Giacinti is all, all the way. Am I pronouncing that correctly? It's C-I. Do I go Giacinti or Giacinti? Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, let's say... <laughs> Let's say Giacinti. <laughs> sure. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's Ellen Knight, right, who is grabbing her arm and then two other players coming. I think it's a hard C if not a double C. So yeah, I'm okay. going to say Giacinti. So yeah, they're grabbing her arm. Mm. Two other players come over. They're desperate to get the ball back. Yep. They give away uh, that, that free yep. kick down there. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about what happens in this sequence because I think, Sa- free kick? I think Sam Kerr is going to get blamed a little bit because she is kind of stumbling backwards, tries to get ahead to it, cannot, and Bonatea ends up scoring. So she got posterized, basically. Yes, and I would say... Unfairly. Unfairly being the, the main thing there because to me this is... If not 100%, then close to 100% on Lydia Williams, the Australian goalkeeper. Yes. So we see her, well, you, you notice she sort of cleared out the markers from the near post. Yes. I think thinking this ball is going to drop near post, I'm going to claim it. Yes. Or at least be in, in an area and be hit low enough that I can come off my line quickly and collect it yeah. between the near post and like the penalty spot roughly. And so that's why she clears them out first. And then the first step she takes is towards the free kick. Uh-huh. And... 
I guess it's not like the worst idea if that's a thing that you observed and maybe, okay, you're just trying to make a play to be proactive. But it also indicates that it's an aggressive goalkeeper who's going to come for it no matter what. And so to me, it's an example of a goalkeeper who just wants to try to get there, wants to make a play on the ball, but isn't necessarily thinking about where the players are, who the threats mm-hmm. are, what she should be doing. So she steps and then basically you can watch her just kind of run in an arc and ends up making trying to make a play on it, but really is just more so hope, hopefully yeah. and hopelessly diving for the ball. There's a lot of indecision, right? There's- yep. Or there's a lot of bad decisions. There's a decision to step towards the free kick. Mm-hmm. Then there's the decision to, oh, no, I'm going to adjust. I'm going to go and claim it yep. at the back post. And then halfway there, she decides, there's no way I'm getting that. Nope. Instead, I'm going to like stand here. And then she goes down. Yep. Right? And eventually, it's uh, Bonancia with a free-ish header. Sam Kerr is with her, but I feel like Sam Kerr is put off um, by the goalkeeper, by yeah, Williams. Liddy Williams. I think so. But, but I think it's also that uh, Australia... Because she thinks Williams is coming, so maybe Kerr like, is a little less aggressive than she would I'm going to guess there's a big shout from Liddy Williams because she is very aggressive, it seems. Uh, but I would also say that it does seem like Australia are uh, in a hybrid zone system. And I yeah. think that Sam Kerr is having to backpedal to try to make a play on this shows you that maybe something has gone wrong. Because if you're doing a zone, you want to attack that ball as quickly yeah. as you can, not back up into it. And Australia should be winning this ball because I think mm-hmm. I counted eight Australian defenders versus either four or five yep. Italian attackers. Yeah. I want to say like four pressed up high and maybe one just lurking at the top of the box. Yeah. This really should have been Australia's to win. I think a lot of the credit actually goes to Chinoa, okay. the, the Italian player who took the free kick and mm-hmm. bent it to that far post yeah. because definitely Williams' mistake, right? But Chinoa forces her into that mistake by mm-hmm. hanging up that ball nicely yeah. to the back post. And, and puts it... In a spot that would have been kind of corridor of uncertainty anyway, because yeah. it's back post, but it's high, but it's far enough away from the goal that there's going to be traffic to deal with. And uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a well-hit free kick. I would say maybe like little tiny sliver of optimism for Australia. Uh, Kellen Knight, who is a, a very kind of dedicated holding midfielder for them, did not start this game. I guess is recovering from injury. So has okay. been having oh, like that why she didn't start? minutes okay. managed. Yeah, but she comes in as a substitute and I'm guessing and we'll gives get... gives away that free kick. <laughs> yeah, there's that. So maybe she, maybe from a starting position, uh, like in the next game, she'll do better and Australia still have it all to play for. All right, so Italy with that win mm. are only in second in Group C with that 2-1 win. Yeah. Because Brazil. Because Brazil. Because Brazil. Brazil uh-huh. got that 3-0 win over Jamaica. Yes. Even without the injured Marta. No Marta, no matter. This is the Cristiano hat-trick that we, uh, we mentioned earlier yes. with the FBref.com mm-hmm. ad read. Um, she came up against Schneider. Yep. Schneider made a lot of saves, including yes. an early save and then a penalty save. How did Jamaica starting a 19-year-old? Like a surprise start. Like I think that was decided like overnight. Yeah, Schneider goes I, in goal. That's what I heard. And she did have like a mm-hmm. really standout game, but I think the fact she had to have a standout yep. game is really illustrative of how dominant Brazil were in this game. Yes, and I would say Brazil looked very sharp, looked very good, looked very did, aggressive. Right? Surprisingly, because we'd heard all this bad stuff about them coming into the tournament, like they've lost nine in a row, this, that, and the other. I don't know if this is Brazil figuring it out and being very strong or if this is Jamaica being particularly weak. The and, youngest team in the tournament? And also pretty open. Yes, yeah. youngest, but they also seemed uh, like willing to throw numbers forward at times when then uh, Brazil were able to capitalize upon that. And it also felt like Brazil absolutely dominated that midfield with uh, Formiga and Issa, yeah. um, really least, just locking it down. We spotted at least two of the goals, yeah. or was it the penalty that was saved and one of the that. goals was essentially... Mm-hmm. 
Formiga would just sit in the middle of the park. Yep. Balls would pop loose because Jamaica would be forced into panicked clearances. Mm-hmm. And she would just so cleanly yep. bring the ball down, put it back in play. Or even one of them's a header, right? It's just a firm header, nod it back into play. She was just very quick and decisive and clean and technical mm-hmm. in just recycling that ball into really dangerous positions really quickly. Yeah. Don't underestimate Formiga. She's 41. She doesn't need to run because she can sit there and make things happen. She can run, though. I mean, oh, right. in the lead-up to the second goal, she, she I think, like wins the ball back in Brazil's half and then wins the ball again. She can make those, she make those darting runs. Formiga is uh, not one to be messed with, even if... I forget what the exact number was, but a significant number of the players on the Jamaica roster were not born when Formiga made her first uh, appearance in a Women's World Cup. Which was 1995, Probably. I believe. Yeah, I think I saw a stat with her standing next to the numbers of all the World Cups she's been in. It was 95, 99, 2003, 2007, 2011, 2015, 2019. Is that seven? That's seven. There we go. That's a significant that's, number. <laughs> that's a lot. It's a lot of World Cups. That's more than I've been in. Oh, Formiga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's probably not Formiga who's going to be the hero of this game. I would say it's probably going to be Christiane. Yes. Given that, as I've already said, she is current current uh, leading, leading uh, goal contender for the golden, golden boot. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With so the hat-trick. When, Wendy Renard's going to get the golden head. Yes. And <laughs> Christiane is getting the golden boot uh-huh. right now. Mm-hmm. So it's across from uh, your friend, uh-huh. Andresa Alves. Yep. Um, you noticed Cristiano does a very nice yep. move on number 14, Blackwood. Yes. Who is the left back and I yeah. think is trying to like deputize because Jamaica have kind of all pushed over to one side. Yep. But all she does, it's just a little bit of like, she uses the, the, her hip just a teeny tiny bit to get a little bit of separation to, bo- yeah, to body off uh, Blackwood and then just powerful header. But from... It's the classic experience versus inexperience move, yeah. right? The hip check. I've mm-hmm. seen like older players do this to younger players a lot. Another, I'm not saying Christian is an older player, but compared to Blackwood, she yeah. is. Just the experience of knowing a little hip check will throw you completely off balance. It will give me the full advantage. It will. But then it's also the veteran finish because yes, like eight yards out thereabouts, I think, on the header, maybe a little bit further back than that even. It's just the power she gets behind it coupled with the direction. I it's a really like yeah. well-struck but well-placed headed goal. And it, yeah, it is all the kind of component parts of a very, very lethal goal scorer. Oh, okay. You're going to have to talk me through the second goal because I cannot remember how Cristiano scores the second goal. Sure. Well, uh, do you want to go to that or do you want to go to the penalty? Because it's worth noting, I will, we'll say very briefly, Schneider has a save on a breakaway yeah. uh, early in the first half. Then she pulls off the I, save yeah. on, I believe, uh, Andresa Alves, yep. my, my player that I spotlighted. Kid. yeah. Sai. Not a good penalty. I think she kind no, of like scuffed a bit of the floor on yeah. the way in. Yes. But then I wouldn't say Schneider's necessarily at fault for the second goal. She has a part to play in it because basically it's another oh, ball I in. Know. I remember it now. It's another ball in from Andresa Alves and basically Schneider and I forget who the defender. Uh, Plummer. Plummer is the one who basically they both think the other one's going to get it. They both kind of pull out a little bit. It goes between them, goes to the back post where. Cristiano's uh, just sliding in, right? Exactly. She's happily waiting there. And the ball doesn't necessarily look like it 100% goes over the line when you first see it. When you watch the replay, it's definitely over the line. Isn't that a weird visual trick? Yes. Like when you see it live, you're like, oh, she played it off the line. Yeah. And when you see the replay, it's like so obviously like three yards three yes. yards in the back of the net. And yeah. I do feel uh, for Plummer because it's Plummer who pulls out of that tackle initially but then continues the run and is the one who almost clears oh. it off the line. So she almost gets to it but doesn't quite get there in the end. Oh, and that's 2-0. Yes. And then 3-0 is once again Formiga. Yeah. So Formiga intercepts in midfield. Mm-hmm. I think she plays a nice little check 
chest pass. It's interesting that you referred to the the third goal, thus the hat trick of Cristiano, or not Cristiano, excuse me, of yeah, Cristiano as yeah. all Formiga. Well, we'll get to the okay. Cristiano part. Right. Formiga with a little like chest pass into is it Debinha, I think, mm-hmm. um, who then goes on a dribble and is taken down at the top of the. No, it's Cristiano. He's taken down. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! All right, I should give yeah. Cristiano more credit. Yeah, then. it's Formiga. Formiga wins the ball deep. Then I think she wins it back. Then she plays it into Cristiano. Cristiano goes on the run, which was a kind of hallmark of what Brazil were doing, especially in the second half was go at that Jamaica defense, make them back off, make them make plays, and either they concede a foul or they all kind of converge and then there's opportunities elsewhere. Yeah. Here they all converge and commit a foul at the same time. And Cristiano steps up and uh, bends this free kick in. There's also questions about Schneider here. Right? I would say I would say here is where you see maybe the inexperience at this level where uh, uh, Schneider sets the wall up and then stands... Like to the open side, I would I would put it over the wall, like kind of at the far post, but the wall's supposed to cover the near post. Uh, that Cristiano the wrong way, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, and then uh, basically the ball goes where her like left shoulder would have been if she had jumped up. Essentially, because Schneider, yeah, cheats back over the wall. She thinks it's going to be an attempt to go up and over. Or yeah. oh, okay, yeah, like up and over near yeah. post instead of bend it around the wall to the go in at the far post. Yes, yeah, yeah. and so instead Should of overthink it, maybe I think so. I think maybe she. Uh, she because it should be set your wall on the near post, you you save the far post, right? Yeah, and then but you're set. I think it's maybe similar to Williams. It's the feeling of like, I've got to be up on my toes. I've got to be doing something. Uh, Williams for Australia. Like that I've got to just come off my line and try to make a play. I, I can't get beat here. Yeah. And in trying to do just a little bit extra, you end up doing too much. And so just by cheating a little bit to that one side, you leave the opposite side open. Um, it's another sort of misleading one because it goes, I think, off the underside of the bar, then hits the ground, then goes up and hits the bar again, then comes back down, oh, yeah. then gets but kind of headed time, across. Right? It is, but yeah. it takes a minute for it to be very clear that it's a yeah. goal. But it's a goal, and it's a hat trick for Cristiano. Top scorer so mm-hmm. far. And like I said, Brazil are top of Group C with that 3-0 win and three points. Hey, Daryl. Yeah? That checks out. That checks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so on to Group D, yeah. where there's only been one game. There has. And it was... The oldest game in the history of soccer, England versus Scotland. Mm-hmm. We came in hyped up. We were ready for it. Our key didn't work to the office, so we missed the first couple of minutes. We did. But we made it. Mm-hmm. We made it. Um, I'm going to say a mostly convincing win for England. I'm, I'm going to say VAR is an abomination and, <laughs> and must be removed from this planet. But yeah, otherwise, sure. Why not? So this is because England win um, mm. a penalty yep. early on, right? It's a Frank Kirby cross. Win is a word. It's a Frank Kirby cross. Are gifted. That hits Doherty yes. in the arm. Yeah. Again, like her arm's outstretched. There's no there's no real argument here, right? No, not at all. And and I think it's it's hurt a little bit. Again, again, part of it is that we only get the replay like that they're theoretically seeing. I can't yeah. imagine that's the only thing that's being shown. Because it does look like maybe it hits her arm, but the way the angle is, it seems like, oh, it hits her arm, but it continues on. It doesn't really alter the trajectory. Uh, I guess it should be given, but it still seems harsh. And then you watch the kind of longer replay, and it very clearly blocks the ball. Like, yeah. the, like it looks. It, it dies midair, right? Yeah, yeah. But the, the kind of like quick replay makes it seem like the ball continues on its way. When you watch the full replay, the ball like dies, basically. Yeah. Like, it, it ends up stopping maybe five yards away as mm-hmm. opposed to going to the back post where it would have gone. And my new favorite player, Nikita Paris, steps up, <laughs> bangs this penalty, top left corner. This whole Engli- that, that English players penalty, can't take penalties thing is gone, right? England men beat. Uh, who they beat Switzerland mm-hmm. on penalty kicks today, um, and Nikita Paris bangs one top left corner in the World Cup. I would be happier about Nikita Paris's one. I could be happy about that both. Is Any English penalty going in is a source of celebration. That is an emphatic finish on that it penalty. Is, right? She hits it. She hits it well. She hits it hard. She hits it with like determination, and then she does the full sprint to the bench to celebrate. Yeah. I also enjoyed that. Oh, as she well. did the weird face. Did you call it a John Cena? You can't see me. Mm-hmm. You can't see me. <laughs> there you go. So I want to talk about Scotland's approach to this game. All right. It was definitely. 
Defend with a capital defend, D. Defend, right? Yes. It looked like. Do you think it's fair to call it like a four-four-one-one kind yeah, of four-five-one? That, that, that's what I like from what I saw of them uh, in doing the preview. They seem to be most comfortable in a four-four-one-one. The thing that I was surprised by is that it was uh, Cuthbert starting up top with Kim Little behind in that four-one four-four-one-one. Yeah, I expected Kim Little to play deeper and be one of like the two central midfielders in yeah. the four-person midfield because Kim Little, for people who don't know, is like. One of the best players in the world. Yeah. Great at retaining the ball and moving the ball through midfield. And and what we saw in the first like 30 minutes was basically Kim Little just running around trying to get any sniff of the ball. Yeah. But because I think England did a very good job of depriving her of any sort of service, marking her pretty effectively. But because also Kim Little was deployed further up the field, I think she wasn't as involved in what Scotland were doing, which was sitting back and then trying to kind of combine a little bit, but really never being able to combine with Kim Little. And I think if she'd been further back to start, I think that probably helps them retain possession a little bit more and have kind of more coordinated attacks. I kept seeing a lot of like Australia or like when Scotland would have an attack, it'd be like, Scotland get the ball, Scotland play it wide to the right, Scotland play it a little bit wide to the right, no, they just kick it long because they kind of run out numbered, of passing options. There were never numbers there, right? And exactly. England could swarm them as soon as they entered England's half. Yep. Um, am I correct in saying that by playing Cuthbert, mm-hmm. who's like their other most attacking player, mm-hmm. like actually their most attacking player, right? Because Little's more of a central midfielder. Uh, I would, well, I mean, I would say that because uh, Ross, the, the center forward, is like one of their all-time leading goal scorers. This, no, this is what I'm saying. By mm-hmm. playing Cuthbert as the oh, center sorry. forward, yes. they sacrificed a striker who... Uh, oh, I, I was just objecting to you saying to their, like, their best goal scorer. I see. When no, well, okay, yeah. so I think but we're agreeing here. Mm-hmm. They dropped their best goal scorer, yes. whose name is Ross, yes. um, to play Cuthbert up front and Little farther forward so they could essentially play two defensive midfielders yes. in Weir and Murray. Yeah. And that was the um, defensive gamble mm-hmm. that absolutely did not come off, especially if you concede a penalty within what the first 15, 14 minutes. Yes. Yeah. I, I would have liked to see Jane Ross. I was sad. But I was also sad by the penalty, not just because it meant England got the lead. You know, it's fine. Killed, it kind of I'm not really, game, I don't really, I know, really I care. Know. But it, it, it did. It, you did it, come in singing Flower of Scotland, but... Was I singing that or, or was I singing something? Bag- I was singing Doogie McLean. Something bagpipe. I was singing The Gale, okay. which is a great song. But, uh, which you can't really sing because it's instrumental, but whatever. Um, but it was also the case that, yeah, Scotland basically set up to be very defensive, had a defensive game plan. When you go 1 0 down fairly early in the game, that kind of negates that game plan. Yep. Mm-hmm. As does a second goal, which certainly doesn't yeah, help. Yeah, what about when you go 2 0 down? <laughs> so, Ellen White scores in the 40th minute. The finish is beautiful. The, mm-hmm. the, the 10 seconds before is not beautiful. It's a lot of scrambling, but it's a lot of Scotland mm-hmm. stuck in their own box, can't clear, England keep winning it, right? Jill Scott wins like two headers, yep. I think. But the build-up before this to get England from essentially their own left-back spot all the way up into this attacking position is actually some really nice passing football from England. It, it is. Yeah. I, it, no, that's not what I'm laughing about. I'm laughing that, Daryl, when we went back and watched this, like just before we started recording, you were so very hopeful that this yeah. goal came from England building it up. to be a flowing move. Yeah. And, and it, the was. Look, it was. And two-thirds the, of it was. The look of sadness when England did cough up possession and yeah. Scotland were able to get clear because you were like, yeah, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Because it goes, it goes from left back, yeah. I think Greenwood, all the way through both mm-hmm. central midfielders. Jill Scott lays it off. It goes out right. It comes back in the middle. Jill Scott's in the box at this point. And I think she just kind of lifts it. In. She tries like a lob cross type thing mm-hmm. to, I think, White. 
and it doesn't come off and that's when Scotland head it away and that's when the scrambling starts yes. and then there's like another header another header another header top of the box and then is it um, is it Greenwood that eventually yes, steps up it is. and wins the Scottish clearance yes yeah yes it, then- it is the confusing thing is that she wins it but then it like there's some I'm kind of confused as to who actually gets a touch to the ball it's before Corsi it- versus Kirby right yes so it it's is. England's playmaker versus Scotland's captain and best defender yeah and I think I'm not sure either of them touch it I or think- they both touch it I think Kirby ends up getting the only kind of touch to the ball but I think they're both so focused on running at the ball at 100% but also maybe not then clattering into each other because yeah. that could be injury possibly a penalty possibly a free kick so they're both sort of adjusting and Kirby to it Kirby had taken a knock earlier right yeah. so she's maybe been a bit careful. and so I don't think Kirby even necessarily means to get the touch that she gets I think certainly she's trying to get a touch but the way it ends up kind of perfectly going into the path of White to get the finish I'm going to say fortuitous, but she'll happily take the assist. But a perfect finish from White, right? Does she bend it like to the left, but mm-hmm. around and into the bottom corner? Yep. It is an absolutely superb finish. Any thought that I had that maybe Jodie Foster should be starting, I think uh, Jodie Foster, that's not correct. Jodie Taylor <laughs> there you go. should be starting, I think was undone by White's finish. Dr. Lecter. Uh, <laughs> yes, Jodie Foster should not be starting. But uh, I enjoyed uh, watching Ellie White in this one, especially in the lead up to this goal, because she is doing a lot of the just little things you want your center striker to be doing, in, especially in the box. She's occupying defenders she's making sure they're kind of focused on her but then she keeps trying to find space you can see her kind of keep adjusting keep adjusting she's never just standing watching what's happening yeah and i think as a result that's why she's up on her toes and able to basically just swivel and hit that ball mm-hmm. and have a, such a good finish so it's a credit to her and you're totally wrong <laughs> final point about england yeah. i think um i still think nikita paris is the player to watch mm-hmm. even in the um we forgot to Agreed. mention this when kirby wins the penalty with the cross it's paris who's done a little move at the top yep. of the box mm-hmm. to open things up there were also some moments where she i can't remember what it was it was like a weird sort of receive the ball on the touchline outside of the foot swivel run around like which she absolutely destroyed a scottish defender um if you want to do some scrolling back go to aaron west's uh timeline and scroll back to this game and you'll see england megged uh it might have been Cuthbert twice, but there are three megs on Scottish players in 30 seconds, Ooh. culminating in the one you're talking about when Nikita Paris does like the little outside of the foot. She megs a player, goes around her, and gets it on the other side. It's, yeah. it's not fun when you're the defender and that uh, happens to you. Not that I would ever know, but maybe I have, <laughs> and maybe that attacking player got their legs swept as a result. And to, to repeat that, mm-hmm. Aaron West is definitely worth a follow during this Absolutely. World Cup. He's over in Paris. He is. He's working for Fox. Mm-hmm. He's also just tweeting out great, fun Women's World Cup content. All day, every day. Yes. Yeah. And uh, a husband of Yael Averbush, who yes. I think you were telling me that they play Megs in their house. Is that right? <laughs> I saw a thing where Yael Averbush said, um, I haven't taken a full stride in my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That, ga- that, game, that game gives me such anxiety. I'm so happy we don't play it in this office. Right? Yeah, yes. I think we, we set a good precedent by not doing I think, it. I think like once or twice I've forgotten and like started to try to play it, and then we're just instantly like, I'm sorry. No, no, I didn't mean it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go down this road. We'll stick to soccer tennis in the hole. Yes, right? but maybe, that's maybe, maybe that's what's holding us back from being able to compete at World Cup level is not playing mates because clearly the England <laughs> players play it, and thus they're always looking for it, and thus they can pull it off. That like must that. be it. Mm-hmm. So they don't win 2-0. They do not. Scotland do get one back, mm-hmm. but it's kind of and is it um, Scotland essentially step up and apply a bit more pressure yeah right? exactly they I mean, come out of their shell a little bit they do I think they make a few more attacking subs they get like more bodies into positions where they can then kind of battle a bit more with England yeah they end up going at England putting them under pressure and it, what is Steph a, Houghton who's yeah. trying to play out of the back and just plays it directly to a Scottish power I'm actually not sure I who. mean what, what kind of England performance would it be if your uh, <laughs> central defender and captain didn't give the ball away to opposition to uh, get a goal a better one. <laughs> so Emsley gets the goal in what, like the late 70s, I believe, 1979. Yep. Yes, exactly, 1979. <laughs> 79th minute is mm. when Emsley scores. Yep. But England kind of have it on lockdown after that. It's okay. Should we talk about gamesmanship for a moment? 
Oh, yes. Lucy yes. Bruns. Yes. With the best moment of the game. It's some concaccafery. It definitely is. It is, right? So, yes. yeah, MZ has the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, what Scottish players want to do, and what any team that's what, scored, uh, mm. the goal closer, there's still a goal down, there's 10 minutes left. You want to get that ball. Yep. You want to get it back to the halfway line. You want the momentum to continue. You want the game to kick off so you can continue. Lucy Bruns makes sure to pick up the ball herself and slowly very slowly walk it out the back of the net also falls over that's the other oh, one because she gets the ball first and then as the Scotland I think Cuthbert is the one trying to get it back from her she falls over and acts like she's been maybe she has been shoved I don't know but now she's tangled in the net and that slows it up even more yeah. so it's 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 some uh, some crafty work by her and I think she also hangs on to the ball as well yep. while falling over and then when the ref when um, I think mm-hmm. it is Cuthbert or yeah. I think it's Cuthbert um, yeah. is complaining Bronze is just saying to the ref it's our ball yeah. it's our ball it's our ball and the ref kind of eventually accedes to that because you kind of have to because yep. it is England's ball. It's a strange thing it's where... It's England's job to take it to the halfway line and kick it off however however quickly or slowly and they want to And you're not so. supposed to go in after it. That's the thing. Like, yeah. like we've had that in, in some of our games where like, we'll score a goal and everyone's like, go get the ball, go get the ball. I'm like, yeah. no. Oh, I'm I got to a wrestling match with a goalkeeper. Once. I know, exactly. I eventually accept that, yeah, it's his ball, I can't do anything. Yeah, exactly. And and the, and I remember like that happened to me once and I felt completely the aggrieved party. Yeah. And then when the referee was like, no, no, you're not supposed to go after the ball. It's uh, it's it's tough in the moment to be told no 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 it's you're, to take, you're right? the one who's uh, in the wrong. Good smarts from Lucy Bruns. Mm. Good may, smarts. May I tell you? May I tell you one more thing that continues to confuse me about England? If I say no, will you still tell me? I will. Uh, Kim McCauley is is the one who who tweeted this one, but yeah. it's a thing that has been throwing me every single time you did the preview and mentioned her name. Do you know uh, Jill Scott, the R and B singer or like soul singer sort no. of? Yeah, she's an American soul singer, African American woman, uh, and every time and looks. She does not look like Jill Scott, who, Jill Scott, who plays for England, who is maybe like a hundred pounds and is like <laughs> like six foot tall. She's totally skinny, basically. She's, yeah, it's it, it just every single time you're like, I'm like Jill Scott's on the team. What's this now? <laughs> She's playing for the U.S. Women's National Team. This is unacceptable. I'm glad that name confusion could end. It really it. does. <laughs> All right, so that's six Women's World Cup games yeah. that we just covered in 40 minutes. Yep, not bad. Nah, two more games tomorrow. So thanks, we'll- coffee. Thanks, Coffee. <laughs> yeah. We'll be back on Monday, yeah. and we will have a look at Monday's games, first yep. of all, which are, let me know, Taylor, it's definitely Argentina-Japan, right? It's definitely Argentina-Japan. that's Japan. the other Group D game. And then it's Canada-Cameroon. Uh, Argentina-Japan is at noon, I believe, and then Canada-Cameroon, 3 p.m. So I just checked, and you are correct. You can sleep in a little bit tomorrow morning. So my guess, so I was very disrespectful to Argentina in the preview because I saw their defending was mm-hmm. not great. I know Japan's a younger team, right? It's not the 2015 or 2011 it team. It is not. I still would expect Japan to really take it to Argentina. And then Canada-Cameroon, I think it'd be interesting just to watch this Canada team. I think the first 15 minutes of Argentina-Japan is going to be especially interesting because I do think Japan... like I think they're still figuring. They were still figuring some things out heading into this tournament. They're also not a team that scores once they go behind. So if Argentina can get on them and get after them early, yeah. that kind of could maybe so dictate the way this game early goes. Early solo Jaime Heda. Could could make all the difference. There we are. Yeah. And then uh, Canada, Cameroon. I'm just excited because I have not watched nearly as much Canada as I probably should have at yeah, this point. Especially, and I say that having done the preview, I watched plenty. But I would like to watch more of them, especially in a competitive game, especially given that they are, uh, I would say, one of the tournament favorites. I'm interested in watching or Jesse Fleming's passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, okay, so both those games tomorrow. But also the USA. Yep plays their first game against Thailand. It's mm-hmm. on Tuesday. So on Monday, we will have a full preview of USA v. Thailand. There All that to come on tomorrow's Total Soccer Show. Hooray, soccer. Should we wrap it up for today, though, Taylor? I suppose we should. All right, then I'll say, Taylor Rocker, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Right back at you, buddy. Listeners, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. Monday.